Welcome to Becoming Unstoppable, the podcast. So excited to have you here. I'm your host, Jen Parker, business mindset coach. I help and empower female entrepreneurs navigate through their self-sabotaging behaviors and resistance so they can become unstoppable. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my mastermind, taking you from feeling overwhelmed and exhausted in your self-sabotaging behaviors to feeling unstoppable. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unstoppable. I have on the podcast, Dr. Amber, who is a transformational coach, author, and motivational speaker. Her journey is from underdog to successful entrepreneur, mentor, and mother. And Dr. Amber shows others how they can overcome the obstacles they face and take their destiny. Welcome, Amber. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Fred Jennifer. Sorry, I love that. Cute. It's like, thank you. Oh, so excited to talk to you. So for those who might be new to your world, um, tell us a bit more about how you specifically, you know, support others who, you know, overcoming their obstacles. That's a great question, Jennifer. Um, so I'm what we call a destiny strategist. And let's call destiny everything that when you were born, you came preloaded to fulfill. And then let's talk about the life that gets in the way of that. In your world, they're the obstacles. I am a strategist. I have tools, methods, modalities that help you get rid of often the internal clutter, internal noise that um, prevents you from seeing that, oh, that's a small hurdle. You can easily jump over that. And so in our world, we say you can have everything or anything in life and destiny as long as you have the strategy. And so um, that's really how I help support others. Um, I help them get from where they are, which is often stuck or, um, you know, the obstacles seem insurmountable because uh, sometimes I feel like a victim. No, no, no. My job is to help you see how those obstacles can be surmounted, overpassed, um, overcome, so that you could get to where you were meant to be. Mm, that is amazing. I love that. That you're a, you you you're basically a strategist for destiny. That is so great. I love it. It's like you already have this imprint, but life gets in the way. And oh, so true. Like I speak to so many women and. The reason we are where we want to be is fear or we don't have the, the physical results yet. So we usually, it's like in that moment of you almost feel like giving up, but it's like that time where it's like life is really like, do you truly desire this? And you're like, oh, do I want this? And that's for me and my work and what I've seen other clients, that's the moment where you're like, keep going or it's also known as like the pits of um the manifestation pit the gates of hell of like you're just about to have the biggest breakthrough in your life yeah <laughs> and here comes everything the kitchen sink the toilet sink the toilet 
what's in the toilet and under it. I mean, okay, forgive me, audience, forgive me, audience. But, you know, I talk in pictures. But yeah, 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 comes all of that at you. And if you could just keep batting that stuff away, Call if you have to, puke if you have to, but don't let go. And if, if there is capacity in your heart, and capacity is a thing we could talk about, because really when we become hurt or discouraged, um, it's really the pain, it's fear and pain that causes us to let go. Often we could deal with the fear alone if it were only fear, but it's fear laced pain mm. and the prospect of more pain mm. it's at that point I think from what I've seen with our clients it's at that point the temptation is real strong to let go yeah and if we could withstand if we could withstand just one more day just one more hour you know I remember one time I battled depression Jennifer at one point in time Diplantin, um, let's just say that I felt really strongly about a young man from the home island. And uh, he married someone else. To say I was heartbroken would be an understatement. I was devastated, gutted completely. But I mean, <laughs> I was in another country. What did you expect the guy to do? I mean, I see life so differently now, but... I was young, idealistic. He was my first love. We were going to be everything together forever for each other. But I was in such a deep depression. I remember sitting in my room crying. And, uh, you know, you hear this voice inside. And for me, that was the Lord. And um, the voice said, Amber, just live one day at a time. Mm. <laughs> I was serious. I, in that moment, I could not face a whole other day. It was too long. So the voice said, okay, one hour at a time. Jennifer, I could not bear the thought of living one hour at a time. The voice said, okay, okay, calm down. One minute at a time. And then I really broke down because in that moment, I didn't want to live for one whole minute mm. at a time. And then the voice said, okay, Amber, one breath at a time. Now breathe. And that I could do. And I held on to that ragged breath. He said, now take another. And now take another. And after I, I had taken three, I realized, okay, I lived through three more breaths. I could do life one breath at a time. Mm. And I really think that that is how, that was the strategy that got me out of that deep, 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 dark pit. I mean, and if you met me now, I have been told that I'm very joyful. <laughs> Actually, I'm, my name is Amber Joy now, but I wasn't born Amber Joy. That name was added because it just became a nickname that was so ubiquitous. People were writing it on checks. And, uh, I, my family at one point we changed our name and the attorney said and we are putting joy in your name just so that I don't have any hiccups to deal with later and so the joy became a legal fixture but um 
in the beginning, I started from a place that was not joyful at all. I know what it is to not have joy. And I, I find it to be a useful um, strengthening strategy. If one can tap into a source of joy, game changer. Mm. And so was when you had that moment where, and, and a lot of the time people are listening and you go through sometimes these experiences in life that they do feel really hard. And so, and depression is something that a lot of people do experience, unfortunately. And I like how you were talking about he- hearing that voice of just one breath at a time. And did you feel that when you were able to just slow down your breath, that helped you get more clarity? What I'm, I'm interested to hear, like, when you were going through that really dark time in your life, what helped you move out of it? So I wasn't aware that I was slowing down my breath or any of that. You know, the things that, the techniques that we would teach our clients, I wasn't aware of that. I did not want to live. No, I wasn't at the point where I considered self-harm or I and thank God that I didn't think of it. Fortunately, it was never uh, something I had been exposed to. So thankfully that ideation did not come because Jennifer, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know? You know, like the Johari window, that portion that I don't know and nobody knows. And thankfully we will never find out. But uh, in that moment, all I knew was I did not want to think about living for a whole day or one hour or one minute. And when that voice said one breath at mm. a time, I could focus on just taking a breath. And I remember feeling that's actually good. It's actually not so bad. That's, that's all I had the capacity for. Mm. And then, and then I had to be told, good, now take another breath. I'm like, oh, that was actually good again. Okay, that wasn't so bad. And I had to be told the third time. And then the voice said, now let's just keep doing that. But beyond that felt good, it wasn't even at the point of that felt good. It was that felt okay. Beyond that thought, Jennifer, I I wasn't there yet. In a few days, I got to that point. But I remember that day very clearly. I remember that day and that moment very, very clearly. And there is that is a, a watershed moment for me, a defining moment between everything in my life that had happened before and everything that happened from that moment. And um, I there was there weren't very many thoughts or very many things happening in that moment. It was very slow. All of it was very slow and very clear. I did not want to live for long. Mm. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to have to experience it. I didn't yeah. want to be. Yeah. yeah. And so these that moment of slowing down your breath, and often when we're in a highly uh, either anxious state or we're feeling like, we've got all of these thoughts swirling in our head 
and the physical sensations in our body, we almost feel like, you know, we can't physically breathe because it's, we're in that panic state. And it sounds such a simplified thing, coming back to the breath and slowing down, but there's so much scientific research that, you know, backs up the importance of coming back to the breath and slowing down because we are calming our central nervous system. And a lot of the time, especially as, you know, if a lot of women, especially, or if you're more of a person who experiences more anxious thoughts and feelings, you're breathing very upper respiratory. But when you're breathing slower and calming that down, we were able to sort of see things differently. So that's what I'm hearing from you. Um, that was the, the pivotal moment for you changing and becoming unstoppable. And then I'm interested to hear, you know, what happened then? How, how did you sort of embrace this coming back to the breath and finding yourself? Well, it's so really good. So um, I, I have a friend who at the time, um, she had said this to me, maybe a year before when I had a serious decision to make. And she said, Amber, we must never live from desperation, but from inspiration. Mm. And so it's quite interesting that here we're talking about respiration. But I also think that um, that inhalation of breath, it, it just takes me back to, I'm not quite sure where everybody think, thinks that things originated, but in, in the way that I see things, the breath was an important part of life. And so I do believe that in, in those first three breaths, I received an infusion of life again, beyond the physical, we're talking metaphysical things here now, I hope that's okay. It's absolutely, yeah. And, and maybe go more into that because sometimes our ego and our rational brain likes to overanalyze things, but tell us a bit more about that magic and, you know, taking those slow breaths and how you felt that energetic shift to you. And, you know, back then I didn't have words for what I was experiencing. Now I'm Dr. Amber, but I wasn't Dr. Anything then. I was just, I, I just knew that three breaths ago, life was not part of the construction that was happening in my mind. And three breaths later, I could do this again and again and again. And so now my thoughts could shift to, well, now that I'm, breathing what am I going to do now I could now think of the next task or the next responsibility or the next I think I had to get ready to go to work the next day because London come on guys it's London you've got to pay your bills or else you'll be out in the rain mm. and so so it was that moment of no space and no capacity and like you're, you're saying, Jennifer, just that, um, that infusion of breath, that infusion of life, uh, in Hebrew, it would be the ruach, um, that just filling up the lungs and filling up my being gave me runway for doing. 
And from there, I was able to very slowly pick myself up, very slowly. I was told that I wore black all the time and I spoke in a monotone and I seemed slightly uninterested in everything and everyone. <laughs> Thankfully, thank God that, that lifted. And the person I used to be, that joyful person returned. Um, but it's so, so important to recognize that um, this vessel is so much more than just the flesh and blood. But this organism, this being is a um, supremely, infinitely powerful, um, forgive me if I say divine, well, created by mm. the divine. Um, I call him Father God. You might call him some, someone else or maybe have no name or reference at all. He's very willing to, re to reveal, you know? And um, I believe that I was met in that moment with no, there was no religiosity. There was no, I am God, follow thou me. Or however, you know, there was none of that. But there was life after those three breaths. Mm. And every time I've never come to sinking that low again, you know, something general. I did make myself a promise to never allow another person, another human to hold so much control mm. over me and my person and how I felt that I would ever be there. Mm. I, I, I recognized that day, that is idolatry. If you don't want me anymore, I want to not live or I can't move. Oh, but you know, we glorify it though in our music. I was going to sing a song, but I'll not. <laughs> but the lyrics very plainly say, if you don't love me anymore, then it's time for me to end it all. No, 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 no. I'm not giving that power to anybody, mm. anybody. And Jen, I know this is what you are inculcating in your tribe. I know this is what you're encouraging us women to do, to not give away that power, but to be fully unstoppable from within. And that day, that was the shift. You know, I never, I never slowed this down to have this conversation with myself. Isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you needed to have this conversation. So it's like tapping in and remembering this powerful, you know, this was all the journey for you. This was the ability for you. And before, so the listeners, because the listeners won't be able to see visually, before when you were talking, you were, you were pointing to yourself of those three breaths that were able to connect you back to yourself. And that's when you experienced life. And it's what I'm hearing is because sometimes this is not about religion. This is about connecting to your higher self and to you without all of that other stuff. And I really think that is important when you were talking, Amber, about I'm never giving my power away to someone. And how often as women we do that unconsciously, unconsciously, this is something that women have been conditioned for thousands, hundreds and thousands of years to be almost subservient. And I think there's such, there's such a movement of wanting more and actually that 
And what is really important is not seeking the someone telling you this is what you need to do, is learning how to do that yourself. Learning. Often we don't, we don't see our own blind spots. And that's, you know, even if we are coaches and mentors, we, we, need, we need highly specialised coaches ourselves so that when we are delivering that support to our clients, we know our potential spots that could be our shadows that could be coming out or, or that we're getting triggered. So we're always doing that work. And I think it's really important when you're in this type of space to always look at yourself first, look internally. And that's sometimes really hard though, because when you're going through a movement of when you're going, when it's, when you're going through challenge or when you're going through self-doubt, you doubt your own magic and how truly beautiful you are. And so when we start questioning and often in this world, we are always we're living in a very reactive um, society. So what I mean by that, Amber, is we want results instantaneously. It's like you go and see someone and it's like, well, gone. Can you please like just get rid of this now? Or if we don't have results within our business in a week, we're like, well, that didn't work. So then we might try a new strategy. And it's like we're living in this world where everyone wants something yesterday and good things, I don't know how you feel about it, good things, they do take time because you're almost unlearning and becoming this unstoppable force. And yet it's not easy. But do you sort of agree that we are living in a world where everyone wants results yesterday (laughs) and we're not very patient for receiving things to happen in their own in the universe's timing, which can be frustrating for all of us, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I want another baby. He could have been here yesterday. You mean I have to actually get pregnant and actually get big and actually wait nine months? I mean, you can hire a surrogate now, you know. But um, so many things you said there. I want to I want to um tap into one of the things you said, Jen. You were talking about the higher self and accessing the higher self. What if we didn't look at that part of ourselves as the higher self, but as the true self? Mm. What if? Yes. And and, yeah, what if this is the part of us who, if we live from this part of us, and you see, that's very telling that we even call it tapping into our highest self. Why should I have been living so low that I needed to tap into my higher self? Mm. Why was I not already transcendent and seated in that place? And then having uh, been on that journey, you know, in that very low place, And I know the difference between being there and being here. And other times when I was ecstatic and and very much in that higher place, I know that even though there and settled there, it can be lonely. 
and some help is not a bad idea. And so I would say, even in ourselves, because some of us have accessed that higher self, I would call it living from your spirit. Some of us do live there, but it's still a little lonely. I would say you don't have to be. Being in a tribe like Jennifer's provides like-minded community and communion. And then there are days and times when Jennifer can't be with you, but God can. However, you apply. In my case, I know that I needed that. And so if you may be in such a position and you feel as though something is missing, in that moment with the three breaths, I, I know that I found her who we are calling the higher self, who I want to call my true self. But I also know I found a strength beyond myself. And it would be remiss of me to come away saying, no, it's just me and my higher self in that one. It wasn't. I, I found a strength beyond me. And it was like a rope that I, I was able to hold on to and pull and pull again and pull and pull until I was up and up and up and out of that place. Thank God forever. And I'll never be going back there because what got us there was giving away our power. Mm. And I read, I read a quote by, I can't remember who now. I, I, I think it may have been Maya Angelou. But if it wasn't, and the author is listening, forgive me. Or if you know the quote, and you know the author, write Jennifer so that she, write me. And it said, as women, there comes a time when we need to close our arms, take the children off our breasts, close our legs, and tell everybody else, I have served enough. Give me a moment to replenish and resuscitate. And coming from, we talk about a society where um, demands are made on women, permission to be very politically incorrect. I'm black, I'm a descendant of slaves. So coming from that heritage, I'm a woman. Talk about trained to be subservient and don't get me wrong for all those who are saying, but there is beauty in submission, there is. There is, there is, there is. But uh, the beauty in submission is when it's mutual. You know, like between a husband and a wife, when there's mutual submission and we do what is best for the team and you do what is best for me when I need it. I need, I do what is best for you. I, we do what is best for the children. We do what is best for our finances. But it cannot be that I get to be your floor cloth and I will like it because... Mm. I am the woman and you are the, you know, no, no, no. And um, I think that you're spot on with that, Jennifer, that we do live in this reactive society that wants everything now and yesterday. But even within that, as women, we've been trained to give everybody else what they want and need now and yesterday but not to consider what we need. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you said so many gold, 
gold nuggets there, Amber, especially I really liked, and a lot of the time we use higher self because people don't understand about, well, actually that's really you, your true self. And so when people think of their higher self, they're like, oh, it feels elevated. It feels powerful. So sometimes it's like, use the language that feels good for you. But true self is like, you were born perfect, perfect. You're born perfect. And then what has happened is unintentionally, you know, our parents and as parents, we have, we, we may say something or our parents do something or it's from a situation from decades and decades ago and we have created this whole identity about it and a lot of the time when as women we it's so true like we give it's almost like we're um you know we're giving so much to everyone else it's such a people pleasing thing which I actually spoke about this a little bit about the um you know the victim the you know the enabler the rescuer, the enabler, and, you know, the persecutor. And a lot of empaths, so a lot of women have been trained that we think about ourselves last. And you see this a lot in more of the older generations in terms of caring for people. So they believe that they should look after someone else at their own expense. And what I love teaching people is there's a saying, don't catch yourself on fire to keep another person warm. So what that means is do not put your boundaries, your values, what's important to you to meet another person. If, if another person is truly loves you unconditionally, it won't matter. If you say, look, I can't, I'm sorry, I've got no capacity, they'll be like, sweet. If they have a problem with it, that's where it's like, well, they're not for me. There are conditions on that love, you know what I mean? But when I heard it, I was like, oh, and they're always talking about it. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. But um, that's good. That's good. Oh, But we do that though. We women do that. As mothers, we do that. As wives, we do that. We do, we do. They're so like we've been, and and I think there's there's such a movement that women want something else. Well, the thing is, so many conditions that we go. Well, why am I doing this? What if I don't want to do this? What then? What What then? What you know? What's going to happen then? You know what's the next level up and that's when you get to talk to people like Jennifer and like Dr Amber and we get to hopefully and and, and what we do is we talk to the real you we talk to the real you to find out what is your next level what is your step up and so you know if if and not if I know Jennifer, that you are training women to have these conversations. Every time they listen to your podcast, they're having this internal conversation with themselves. Every time your guest is dropping, that was a cycle of drama, 
with the enabler and the persecutor and the victim. That's a cycle that happens in families a lot. And every time they're hearing, every one of those podcasts, they're hearing, oh, and they're, they're identifying, oh, my mom was this, my dad was this, and I was this. Oh, no, so my children are doing this. And everybody is self-diagnosing and having these conversations. Thanks to you, Jen, when we are having these conversations. And so today, we want to invite you to have a tea party with your higher self. Oh, yes. A good tea party. Yeah. And even, even inviting your ego who is saying all of these limitations, invite them. Yep. And so you yep. hear what they're saying and they might be like, oh, I'm really scared. Because all your ego is doing is they're protecting you. Yep. They, they're keeping, and that's their they're job. keeping you alive. They're keeping you alive, you know. That's their job. And and we we use many different modalities and we give the ego states different names, but uh, you know, I had a beautiful session with a client and uh, on the inside, we may call them the ego, but on the inside, we may call them the inner child, the adult. They were all upset with each other because of some decisions that were made. And by the end of the session, all of them were on the same page. Uh, they had forgiven one another. It was a beautiful tea party. Well, theirs wasn't a tea party. It was more like a board meeting. It was serious. <laughs> but uh, at the end, she said, oh, I have never felt like this before, like iron on the inside of me. I was just so happy and so thrilled and so pleased for her. And um, there is this other old proverb that if there is no enemy within, then the enemy outside can do us no harm. Oh, oh my God, I love that. Yes. Oh my yes, God. Yes, and yeah. so when, yeah. So yeah. when you have this tea party, talk it out. Forgive one another. Get to know each other. The parts that are scared have a reason why they are. Hear what that is. The parts that have been abused, champion them you know they hurt in a child or or whomever you know talk become at one in here and then all the external noise all the well this person said that and that person said the effect is brought to zilch because on the inside there isn't a big battle for that voice within you within you you're at peace, you're at one. And um, that's an important place to get to. Mm. Oh my gosh, so powerful. <laughs> that is just- yes, I'm, I'm thinking, wow. Jennifer, this is like real higher level stuff. I mean, like, yeah. did you I know? I feel, like, I feel like we could just keep talking for hours and hours just about, it's such an- it's such an important thing to be talking about and having these deep conversations. And so people are knowing that we can have these deep conversations and we are our own worst enemy. I think that is just, we can be our own best friend and we can be our own worst enemy. And then you can see if people are their own worst enemy just by how angry they are. 
or you can see that they're their, their own best friend by how happy they are internally and it just radiates out. You can just see it, you know, you can notice it. You feel the energy when you're around those people and you, you feel it when people, they're gossiping or they're saying nasty things about other people. They're saying it because they don't truly love and accept themselves and so that everyone else is the enemy as well and they want to get everyone else in that. So, oh, this is so powerful. I have enjoyed talking to you so much, Amber. You're amazing. So, um, yeah, I think the main points that I think people want to hear, you know, in summarising the podcast is really about taking that, it was really that pivotal moment of those three breaths and coming back and that's where you were able to almost have that transcendence of the power from, you know, source God and that's helped you to empower so many other people and stepping into their true self. Yeah, I just enjoyed talking to you so much. Um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. It's been amazing for me too. Jennifer, you have a gift. We don't have these conversations with everybody every day. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> love these conversations. They're amazing. But for people who want to know a bit more about you, Amber, could you just tell um, the listeners where they might be able to find you? Sure. We're easy to find. We are at www.destinystrategists with an S on the end.com. Amazing. Destinystrategists.com. I love that. I love how you're a strategist for destiny. That is just so cool. <laughs> I'm a strategist for destiny. That is just right. amazing. Amazing. So I just want to thank you again for being on the podcast. I'll have all of the, um, the links to Amber for people listening who where you can sort of link on to that. So just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast today on Becoming Unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another podcast episode of Becoming Unstoppable. I'm your host, Jen Parker, self-sabotage business coach. I help and empower female entrepreneurs just like yourself that experience the loud inner critic, the loud self-sabotage, and they want to amplify their confidence and self-belief. And that's where my mastermind is going to support you to get to the next level. This is unlike any other mastermind program. This is going to be so strong and so powerful. You're going to learn how to first reprogram your mind with very practical steps to do that. The second thing that you're going to learn is you're going to learn how to thrive and embody this next version of your success. This is where you learn how to manifest success within your business. This is where you learn how to create abundance and courage codes. This is an amazing opportunity for you. And I invite you to simply send me a message, look at the show notes, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. <music>